there. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Maybe you're, you've downloaded the episode. Maybe you're streaming it. Either way, I'm just glad you're here. Uh, sitting across from me, I have Jenny J. Hill Hillebrand. She's uh, sipping a peppermint mocha, staring outside, wishing it was snowing with uh, glistening Christmas lights off in the background. I am Greg Detmeyer. We both serve as instructional coaches here in Iowa. And since there's this microphone in between us and we're both here together, this is the Instructional Coaching Corner, the podcast. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm good, but uh, you know, you talking about snow and glistening Christmas lights makes me want them even more. But uh, other than that, I am doing well. I'm a bit tired and needing this uh, peppermint mocha to uh, get over the uh, tiredness that I feel from being up all night watching the Cubbies win the World Series. They did it. They oh my gosh, it. they did it. How amazing. amazing was it? I was a little nervous there for a while. When I thought they blew it. I did. When they tied it, it I thought it's done. it's done. It's it's done. Let's just turn the TV off and go to bed. I was ready to go to bed. But they came back. They did. They persevered. They did. You know, I heard that uh, during that 17-minute rain delay, they went in to the dugout, or not the dugout, but the uh, locker room, and, you know, Ross, mm-hmm. the catcher, he, they, they call him Grandpa, I guess. Yep. They, he's, like, he's look a up little to him. older. Yep. Um, he had looked at everybody and he goes, we all got to calm down. We got to take a deep breath. We've got to think about why we're here. Win or lose, we are here to play baseball, and that's what we need to do. We need to go back out there. We need to do what we know we can do and win this game. So. And then they all took us. They brought, brought in a goat, and they all took a swing at it, and they took the field. <laughs> They didn't do that. That'd be mean. <laughs> that would they be did mean. not do that. Poor God. Um, but hey, moving from one story of perseverance to another, what character in film history, Jenny, do you feel is embodies growth mindset and perseverance more than any other? I feel like you have an answer for this one. I do, and if you were going to try to answer, I was going to stop you. Okay. Because I wanted to make sure it was the right that. answer. Yep. Um, the, the correct answer is Rocky Balboa. <laughs> and okay. Even in Rocky Five, which many people will say, like, eh, you know, get it out of the collection, which I'm not opposed to. Let's get, let's move it off to the side. Some people are extreme, though. Like, doesn't even count. It counts, but we're going to keep it there. That's beside the point. Um, Rocky persevered through all six of the Rocky movies. I'm, you know, I've never actually sat down and watched an entire Rocky movie, so I can't speak to that. But uh, the two clips that I know from Rocky, just from seeing bits and pieces here and there, and hearing you talk about your love of Rocky. I talk about it a lot. You do? I, I can see how you would think that he is somebody who perseveres a lot. Pretty special. So, Jenny, here's what I want you to do before next time. Okay. Sit down with Jason and be like, hey, we're going to watch a Rocky movie together. It's going to be great bonding time. He's going to think gonna I'm motivated. crazy. He might, but he will love it. Okay. Um, you know, we're talking growth mindset, and we're going to do like four podcasts on this, today being day one, and uh, we're going to build up to what we do at schools, but we're going to start with just what is it, and we have someone mm-hmm. who knows a little bit about growth mindset and persevering. We sat down with earlier today. Could you tell us yeah. about who our special guest was today? We do have a special guest, and uh, our guest today is someone who is fascinated by learning. I love listening to his Um, motivation and his drive to study the best way to learn and how we learn. Uh, He actually came up with three truths to learning and uh, how we learn best. And one is that we are all built to learn. That's, it's just in us. Number two, believing we can learn is the most important part of doing, which I love. 
Number thir three is like my all-time favorite. He said that the way we learn the best is when we are outside of our comfort zones and when we are making mistakes, when we are failing, but when we get knocked down and we bring ourselves back up and we just keep going to persevere and to succeed. So um, listen to this little snippet from Trevor uh, from his Train Ugly website. Learning is by far, hands down, the most important skill. Like, if you're good at learning, you can use that to get good at whatever you'd like. But what if I told you that the most important part of becoming a great learner is the one that we mess up the most? So hearing that, uh, Greg and I were had the honor and the privilege to sit down with Trevor earlier this afternoon. And uh, here's part of our conversation. Trevor, I was introduced to the concept of growth mindset about five years ago. Um, I've read Carol Dweck's books a few times, um, and personally, I've tried to really improve my mindset in both professional and my personal life. Um, as I have kind of been looking at your website and all of that, uh, you say it's not about where you are now, it's about where you are committed to going, and that is powerful, and it has just stuck with me ever since I've read that. Uh, share with us how this supports your passion it, with growth mindset, and uh, what has been the most powerful impact uh, Growth Mindset has had for you? I love and I'm honored to get to do what I do. And none of it was ever like planned. And if you really look at it and dig into what I get to do right now with my life, it's all because of the Growth Mindset. And so like literally, I'm professionally, I travel and speak and do workshops and whereas three years ago, I was the most shy person you've ever met in your life, like literally the last person you would ever think would be a speaker. <laughs> and now that's what I do. And so I think as far as applying growth mindset to my life, like it's the reason that I get to do what I get to do. And so that helps me teach it, understanding how to apply it and how powerful it becomes. Like there's a certain passion that people pick up when I teach it and talk about it. And it's because it's helped me so much. And um, I think going through that process makes me a better teacher as well. And so I think the quote that you mentioned from the website is a good jumping off point of like what a growth mindset is. And it's just that belief in your capacity to grow and adapt and acquire skills. And mm -hmm. that's really the core essence of a growth mindset that the belief of, yeah, like right now, at this very point, you are what you are as far as certain skill sets. But the truth is, those are those are things that can be built and developed. And so if there is something that you want to do and something that you want to get better at, you can do that if you uh, essentially earn that skill. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of fits with the role of an instructional coach. You know, what Greg and I are doing, you know, three years ago when this, this role came out, it was one of those things where I was scared to death. I was one of those people that thought, you know what, I'm just going to stay in the classroom and I'm good with my 25 students. Nobody has to see me, you know, performing, you know, per se, you know, with my class. And so I just think that that quote struck me with that, that, you know, I took a leap with this, with this role and my comfort, you know, kind of like you said, getting up and talking in front of people has mm -hmm. just grown and the comfort level of just being in a leadership role has really right. kind of developed from there, so. Yeah, I think that's just it. I think 
my story is an example and it sounds like yours is as well it's we are so much more powerful than we realize and if mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to get enough experiences and, and reps and, and take on enough challenges and struggle enough in a certain area it's pretty crazy like our brains are literally built to to learn and adapt when you throw them into an environment and so again that that's going back that's the power of a growth mindset when you understand wow I have this super powerful machine between my ears and when I put it in the right environment it's incredible like the things that it can do and, and learn Awesome, Trevor. So, Trevor, I, I first saw you at the KPEC conference in Dubuque over this, this past summer. My favorite things that you talked about was the zoo tiger and the jungle tiger. And yeah. I've thought about that a lot, and I've really been tempted even to, like, to buy the shirt from the website. <laughs> so so it, it might, I might pull the trigger on that here eventually, but... Um, Send it was me just, your address. I'll send you one. Oh. All right, I will. I, I will do that. Um, not over the air here, because who knows what crazy <laughs> gifts people might want to send me. Uh, um, but um, it was just such a powerful comparison. Could could you tell us a little about that? The jungle tiger and the zoo tiger. Yeah, I think it's my favorite way of setting the table for a conversation about learning. So jungle tiger, zoo tiger doesn't, it, it, some people get it confused of, oh, zoo tiger, or jungle tiger means growth mindset. No, jungle tiger, zoo tiger is an analogy of how learning works. And so the exercise is to compare two tigers, one that lives in the jungle and one that lives in the zoo. And if you look at their life, no matter really how you compare it, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. The zoo tiger's life is like super easy. It's super safe, there's no struggle, there's no challenge, there's no mistakes, it literally sits in a box all day. On the other end of the spectrum is the jungle tiger, and it has to find its own food and find water and protect itself. And so if we're looking at just struggle, for instance, the amount of struggle that a jungle tiger faces compared to a zoo tiger, literally off the charts. It's mm -hmm. day, it's life is full of struggle. And so everybody's on board with that. And then I asked the question, what would happen if you put a zoo tiger into the jungle? And everybody that's ever listened says, oh yeah, the zoo tiger would probably die. Because why? Well, it doesn't have any of the skills that it needs to survive in the wild. And obviously the jungle tiger has a much better chance of surviving there in the wild. Okay, that makes sense. And so the, a couple punchlines that come out of this story first, their ability to survive in the wild had nothing to do with their tools, right? Like they had stripes and teeth and a tail. So they had the same tools. The difference was their environment and the environment that was hard, that was full of struggle allowed that tiger to do something that the zoo tiger couldn't do. The easy and the safe environment with no challenge, no struggle and no mistakes led to a dead zoo tiger. So all that makes sense. The key point here is to connect that back to our learning. Some of the best and most important researchers, people who've really studied development for decades and decades and decades, talk about an important principle of learning. We learn the best when we operate out of our comfort zone, when we're stretched and we're operating at the edge of our abilities, like that's where we're built to learn. And everybody listening, you guys included, me included, we all have comfort zones. They come in all shapes and sizes. But the truth about comfort zones is this, when you're in that, when you're operating inside of that comfort zone, it's easy, it is safe, you look good, there's very little struggle. Your comfort zone is just like what? 
Being in the zoo. Being in the cage in the zoo. That is our comfort zone. And so the truth is this, we're built to learn out of our comfort zone. We're built to learn in the wild, but most of us veer towards our comfort zone and like to stay there. And there's two reasons for that. Two reasons we stay in the zoo rather than get out and be a jungle tiger. One is the fear of failure and the other is stories. And the mm-hmm. stories about the things we can and can't do, the stories about the things we can and can't learn, that is what your comfort zone is made out of. And then it is the fear that keeps you in that cage. And so it's to have a real good understanding of learning and a, and a real talk about learning, it's essentially three steps. And this is how we, this is how we teach. How learning works, Jungle Tiger. Why you resist it, stories and fear. How do you get over that? And that's growth mindset. So growth mindset is really our helmet that we wear when we're in the jungle and failing and making mistakes and struggling, yeah. it's yeah. the moment that helps us stay there. Excellent, excellent. I, I love the analogy um, and it paints an awesome picture. One thing, I guess you probably don't know Trevor, but I, I have had the privilege of raising five kids and right now I have two twin babies at home. And something, I, I think of like growth mindset a lot as I'm been raising my kids because these little babies can't do anything on their own and like literally everything they now know how to do they've had to learn like they've had to learn how to eat they were premature so they had to learn how to breathe and as they continue to get older they're going to have to learn how to walk they're going to have to learn how to eat with a fork but I feel there's a point in our lives where we almost put ourselves into the cage like the zoo tiger where really anything I do right now I had to go out and learn but there's a point in our lives I feel like where a switch is hit where we start fearing what might happen if if we don't get that right away what are some like strategies or ways that you've seen people overcome that I think it's the important part here, and this is kind of the upgrade that we've really implemented in our workshops, and it's the understanding of the resistance, the understanding of why we zoo tiger, right? And so I said, it's stories and fear. And so as far as tips, first it's identify why is this particular person or why are you staying in your comfort zone? Is it the fear of messing up or is it this limiting belief or story that you're telling yourself of, I could never learn X? And so maybe it's both, maybe it's one, but now that we understand which one it is, you go to work on that. So if, say it's a flawed story, and maybe a flawed story would be, I am just not a public speaker, and I lived, according to that story, for 25 plus years. How you upgrade that story is to look around at all the examples of people who acquired skills. And it's just a simple understanding of the science, the research on development. Like skills are built, not born, period. And so that means if it is a skill, which most of the good things are, you can earn that skill with enough experiences and reps. And so that's how you, you squash a story with science. That That's sort of easier, right? Like. Mm-hmm. These stories about our capacity to learn, you squash that with what the science says. If it's fear that's holding us back, and I, I believe that that's more common. Mm-hmm. I think they're both, they, they're both powerful, but especially as we get older, the fear of failure and the, that resistance to failure, that's another big hurdle as far as learning is concerned. And so ways to get 
over the fear. And and I'm going to change the way I said that. You don't get over the fear. <laughs> so like ways to deal with the fear is to number one, understand where it comes from and how it works. And the truth is fear is built into your brain. Like it's, it's a human uh, reaction to unknown situations. Fear is like a built into our, literally our brain. It's part of, it's, comes from the amygdala and so understanding that fear doesn't go away and that you're always going to feel it anytime you escape your comfort zone so now we're upgrading the way we think about fear and talk about fear because our old school approach is to tell people to be fearless and to not worry but now what we're telling them and teaching them is look fear is a part of the game and you're going to feel it every time you escape your zoo but that doesn't mean something's wrong. It doesn't mean you're not enough. It doesn't mean you're not ready. It just means you're human and it is okay. And the research that supports that upgrade as far as how you teach fear is insane. Like at Harvard, they looked at a bunch of different situations where if you teach someone that it is okay to be afraid and feel nervous and anxious before a big moment, they perform so much better than someone who's been taught uh, like nothing right like the control group who's probably their perception of fear is like i'm not supposed to be afraid and so understanding that fear is okay and that it is normal that's a great way to help yourself get over it just to understand it's like oh yeah this is classic amygdala classic lizard brain uh it's part of me it's there to protect me but when it comes to learning i need to to do the opposite of what it says and and that's awesome and it's really the opposite, I feel, of how, like, I was brought up or, like, my school experience was mm -hmm. always, like, if you're feeling fear, that was seen as, like, a bad thing where right. we and, need to learn what to do with that fear. And here's the, the, the interesting part of that. I was going to say funny, but it's actually sad. If everybody around me is telling me to be fearless, right, that's what I hear, especially growing up. And then it becomes time... Then it comes time for me to play a big game or take a big test. What am I going to feel? Fear. Fear. Yeah. Right? Because I'm a human. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I start to think, oh my goodness, I'm not supposed to feel this, but I do feel this. So something must be wrong. And now the fear gets worse because of this flawed approach that people around me have been trying to teach me. Much better to just live in reality and be like, yeah. You're going to feel something before this game, and that's good. You're going to feel something before this test, and that's good. That means you care, and that's okay. So dance with that fear. Appreciate that fear. Embrace that fear. It, it kind of reminds me even like in sports, it would be awesome to see like more of that. I mean, so often we see like championship teams. Like we, we saw the Cubs win the World Series, and like when kids see that, I feel a lot of times they just assume – Cubs were just good team, and they didn't understand, like, those guys are sweating it and, and worried yeah. in that 10th inning, and it just didn't happen. Like, there was hard work, there was perseverance, yeah. mm -hmm. there was walking yeah. with fear. Well, the, the, the coolest part of the game last night was Rizzo, when he was in the dugout talking to, uh, what's the catcher's last name, Ross? Oh, Ross, he, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's sitting there, and he goes, I'm a glass case of emotions. Yeah. I can't, like, I I can't control so it. I can't control but, it. <laughs> Right, but the cool part was he was saying it in a way of, this is so awesome, I'm feeling all these things, holy moly, not, oh my goodness, I'm so afraid. And so you could just see the way he was talking about it was he was embracing it and kind of like, holy moly, this is crazy. So like looking at it as a, it, 
as a as a good thing, as a positive thing, mm -hmm. rather than, oh, I'm feeling all these things, something must be wrong. And so just that one little conversation, great example. Like he's straight up saying, because even the people watching, I'm not even a baseball fan and I was freaking out on my couch, right? <laughs> like we, but we need to understand, like the players are feeling that. They are human. We're all human. They, in every single one of those players in one way or the other, is dealing with their amygdala, is dealing with fear in every situation. Now, pro athletes luckily have a lot of opportunities to dance with that fear, and so they get good at, at dealing with it and dancing with it and performing with it, and so that's why we get the perception of, oh, they're fearless. No, they've just developed the skill of dealing and dancing with fear, just like performers on Broadway, mm -hmm. right? Like, they're definitely sweating it before that performance, but because they've done it so much, they're better at uh, performing with this fear. And again, all these things that we've talked about today, everything, most everything is a skill. Growth mindset is a skill. Dancing with fear is a skill. So the more that you do it, the, the better you get at it. It doesn't mean the fear goes away. You just get better at dancing with it. Right. One of the last things we'll talk about in this session before we, we break for the next one is, on your website, you have some fantastic videos, which I love, and I heard that a couple weeks ago you were on the IA Ed Chat with uh, Dan Butler, who's actually my principal here, which is kind of cool. Some good stuff you shared there, but how you had to learn how to basically do everything you're doing now to go spread this message. So you had to learn how to make video, cut audio, etc. And one of the things I saw on your website was like, the most important thing we need to learn is learning to learn. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that and give us some examples? Yeah, I think like I need to come up with a better way of saying that, but that message is so huge. The most important skill that we can work on is the skill of being a great learner. Mm -hmm. And so once you become a great learner, it's like, yeah, give me something, like I'll figure it out. And that's where people who in my opinion, are the most successful, they have that sort of swag or confidence about them of, I believe in my capacity to learn. Give me something and enough time and I got this. And again, that's kind of going back to growth mindset and that's first, believing in your capacity to do that, but second, it's understanding the learning process and understanding that, yeah, I'm going to learn this new thing and it will involve a lot of effort and struggle and I'm gonna be bad first and that's all okay. I just need to get through that phase and then I'll figure it out. And so it's two things. It's a belief in your capacity to grow and it's an understanding of the learning process. And a lot of people get tripped up there where we want to learn something. We believe we can learn something, but our ego doesn't let us struggle and fail enough to learn that mm -hmm. something. <laughs> yeah, and that's a big one for kids at school and it kind of transitions well into where we want to go with our next podcast here and I feel like we just heard a lot about what train ugly is and what growth mindset is and how to dance with that fear and in the next podcast with you Trevor we're really going to focus on what that looks like in a school setting so thank you for your time today awesome thank you guys so much wow Jenny, that was awesome. That was just part of our conversation. There is more to come um, with Trevor. We're going to release that podcast in a week. Yep, be ready. Be ready for part two. That was, he's such a great guy. He's just puts it in such easy terms. And uh, and that's what I like about him is his approach is 
it's here's the research now I'm gonna take the stuff and I'm gonna put it into a way that schools people organizations can use to better themselves absolutely yeah that was that was great so with that uh, we do have some listener mail like the end of every show so going back to our video podcast when we talked about how teachers can utilize video to enhance their lessons um, by videoing themselves I had a conversation with an administrator about how they often use video in the evaluation process where instead of just having the administrator take notes during a lesson they record a lesson then they watch it together and have that conversation and he had mentioned that every time he's done it the uh, the conversation has been much better much more focused and just overall it's a better evaluation process mm -hmm. that's great so cool. again maybe something we wouldn't do as instructional coaches with the evaluating part because that's not our role right Absolutely. We don't do nope. that. We do not. Jim Knight would come in here and he'd be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Stop that. And, and we'd never do that because that's not in our in our plan. But um, it, it works for him. So yet another way to uh, utilize video. So if you have listener mail, maybe you have some cool story of mindset or grit or something you persevered through, or a uh, maybe you have a thought on Rocky Five, you can certainly share those at our website www.instructionalcoachingcorner.com. There's a little tab that says listener mail. Go there, fill out the information, hit submit. We'd love to hear from you. Um, on the website too, you can also look at past podcasts and keep an eye there because every two weeks we release new podcasts and that'll always be on the homepage. You can also find those podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, and Podcast Addict. We'd love for you to subscribe, and then it's just automatically going to download and let you know when uh, when our next episode is out there. Very cool. And for any of you that are wanting more information on Trevor Reagan and his Train Ugly uh, information, you can find more information at his website, www.trainugly.com. And if you are a Twitter lover, you can also find him on Twitter at, at train underscore ugly. Excellent. Jenny, this was a good one. Loved it. Had a lot of That's fun. Great. Yep. As as we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could you do tomorrow that will make you a better version of yourself? Then wake up and do it. Because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small intentional steps. Go be awesome today.